praise the name of the Lord. Indeed, God has been good to us. I want to bless God's name for this privilege again to be able to share with you. Um, I'm grateful to God for life. I'm grateful to God for families. I'm grateful to God for homes. I'm baffled and a bit confused when I see Christian home go through challenge and it is expected of them to seek counsel. Bible says in the multitude of counsel there is safety. I'm confused and baffled because I see different um, I see homes struggles, husbands, wives struggles, have issues and they refuse to seek counsel. And sometimes, instead of them seeking counsel at the right quarters, they seek counsel in the wrong place. You know, assuming that this person cannot counsel them right, or this person can counsel them right. I dare to say this morning, because I am a pastor, that does not make me qualified to counsel people in their marriage. Uh, as a matter of fact, because I went to a school for counsel, that does not make me qualified to counsel you in your marriage what qualifies anybody to counsel is that person is a child of god and he or she is certified meaning there's a bit of schooling teaching training in that aspect not all pastors should be counselors when it comes to marriage i've seen pastors real marriage because they feel that because they are pastors, they can cancel and they cancel, you know, in a wrong way. So I want to encourage you, learn to seek for counsel at the right causes, if I may say. Because not all pastors should be counselors, should be marriage counselors. So I'm confused these days because when I see couples go through issues in their marriage, different diverse of issue, you know, um, different issues and they refuse or they bluntly don't want to husband bluntly sometimes it's the husband sometimes it's the wife the Bible says in the multitude of counsel there's safety the Bible talks about um, seeking for counsel especially when you don't know now seeking for counsel doesn't have to do with third party it, is, it should be an agreed um, decision between the parties. Sometimes the woman, uh, the wife can start it, then or the husband can start it, and then two of them. Because this is the last days. There's a lot of issues that is arising. There's a lot of issues that will arise that the home, the family front needs to be guided by good counsel. Uh, quickly this uh, day that's how I want to beg you by God's mercy what I'm about to share with you be encouraged to share with somebody um, there's a lot of questions that needs to be answered but let me quickly share this with us when your husband without a word to avoid being a nagging wife uh, in my years of being a married counselor you know especially counseling people online people ask me questions that are difficult to answer 
and oftentimes they hope that I can help fix a problem uh, they've been experiencing for years in five minute answer and know uh, and for example a wife who asks my husband won't lead our family spiritually what can I do to get him to pray and read the Bible with us now if a woman married an unspiritual man what are the chances that I can tell as something that will encourage him to be spiritual Another one, a woman, a husband will ask, my wife disrespects me at home and she's rude to me in front of my friends. Now, what am I supposed to do if a man married a rude and obnoxious wife, wife or a woman? How can I tell him in a brief conversation how to have a gentle, respectful woman? So these kinds of, you know, dilemma typically takes hours of counseling to resolve and that's why i always encourage couples you know for instance number one it is not there there's there's no enough time for pre-counseling as in so before you get married you you know we do pre-counseling most of the time they say six months some don't even do that is not even enough. Even your courting period is not enough for you to know your husband or you know your wife because to uh, getting married to that man, that woman, you can never stop knowing each other. There are things that will just pop up after 20 years and you wonder, where did this come from? Now, was he or she hiding? No. I'm talking about character. I'm not talking about secrecy. I'm not talking about information. And that's why I encourage after the pre-counseling, there should be post-counseling. Every now and then, you should have somebody you confide in. Like I said from the beginning, that person is not necessarily must not necessarily be a, a pastor, but that person must be a, a godly person. I understand what counseling is all about, and then possibly that person was trained or has one or two experience. Sometimes a pastor. It's not it's just trained to be a pastor, general pastor. And it's not trained when it comes to marriage, it can ruin your marriage. And sometimes being a pastor and they are still trained to be a married counselor. So one has to be able to balance these things or else a lot of problems will come. But there's one question I, I get asked at almost every now and then that um, I organize program people chat me up online and ironically it's one of the easiest to answer should i submit to my spiritual should i submit to my spiritually immature or unbelieving unbelieving husband why is this so easy to respond to because the answer is spelled out in the scripture wives likewise be submissive to your own husband that even if some do not obey the word they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear first peter 3 1 to 2. now this verse now i want to you know, go back to the beginning again because 
and I believe I'm speaking speaking to Christians. I'm not talking to the feminists. I'm not talking to those that believe men are the ones that will rule the world. The women are not taking care about all those garbage that people now do these days. They want to compare themselves to a man, want to compare themselves to a woman. I'm trying to just simplify what the scripture is talking about. There's a lot of nonsense that is going about. And like I always tell people, I tell my family, tell people, my husband, my wife and my children, we have not seen anything yet because it's the last days. A lot more will come up. People will come up with their own ideology, with their own school of thought that is contrary to God's word. But what the Bible is saying here is so simple in First Peter 3, 1 to 2. Simple answer. There was no specification about whether the person is believing or not believing. Uh, you, you should, you should, I will have put in a, should, uh, uh, if this person does this, I will do this. There's no conditionalities in this case. It's, it's explicit here. Wife, likewise, be submissive to your own husband, that even if some do not obey the word of God, so these verse are directed to wives and once again deal with submission but with a new twist now we have established that wives are not expected to submit to abuse sin or even other men but is a spiritually matured wife expected to submit to a spiritually immature husband now, I don't intend to confi- uh, no, confi- confuse you today, but according to 1 Peter 3, 1-2, submission is called for not only to a spiritually immature husband, or, but also to a spiritually bankrupt husband, or more specifically, an unbeliever. Don't forget the what I'm trying to share with us today is how to win your husband with without a word to avoid being a nagging wife. Coincidentally, I was sharing with my, my family in the morning devotion this morning, and I said sometimes I share some things, and I'm asking myself, why am I sharing this thing? So, why, 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 why? And I, and, I tell, and I told them this morning, just this morning, that sometimes I say some things, it looks trash to me, it looks nonsensical to me, but after I shared it, Somebody said, thank God you share this. Thank God you share this. I'm a follower of you. I was blessed by this. Because it was the Holy Spirit that was nudging me to share concerning these things. And it has been a blessing to people. So don't forget the topic. So it is important. How do we know that unbelieving husbands are what Peter had in mind. How do we know? Understand that each human author of the Bible has a, you know, a recognized style of writing. Where Peter mentioned husband who do not obey the word of God. We know that he was referring to unbelieving husband because he used similar terminology for non-Christians elsewhere. For example, in 1 Peter 1 verse 2, it described believers as elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, and sanctification of the Spirit, 
for obedience. Now, these are just scriptures, but I want, because I want, really, really want us to understand what Apostle Peter is saying. In 1 Peter 2.8, he similarly describes unbelievers as being disobedient to the word because Peter used obedience to refer to believers and disobedience to refer to unbelievers. Now, I just want to simply establish this simple truth for you. Now, if you are a woman and you are listening to me, I'm not trying to confuse you. I'm not trying to just make you submit to him. Don't forget the topic, how to win your husband back. And then being, you know, avoiding being called a nagging wife. A wife whose Christian husband is not as spiritual, as mature as she would, would like, you know, a wife whose husband is not as spiritually mature as she would like, should be encouraged because although submitting to an immature believing husband may be difficult, but it is not as difficult as submitting to an unbelieving husband, meaning you are more mature than your husband spiritually. It will be very hard. And then it will be hard because you are matured you are a believer, your husband is a believer. But it's more harder when you are matured, a believer, and your husband is not a believer. So the question is, what if you are married to an unbeliever? Because the, what I'm trying to share with us today is you being a wife and you deciding to be married to and unbeliever. For wives who find themselves in marriages with unbelieving husband, Peter offers encouragement and hope. Through a wife's example of a godly submission, a husband may be won to faith in Jesus. A husband may want to faith in Jesus. If a woman has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. 1 Corinthians 7, 13 to 16. Paul explained why a believing wife is called to submit to an unbelieving spouse rather than leave him to find a spouse more compatible with her spiritual commitment. There is a lot of error that's been committed today. Uh, I won't say not part of this world, maybe in the Western world, Europe. And then people will come up with a lot of this statement like irreconcilable difference. Peter gives and us an understanding. In a parallel, in a parallel uh, passage found in 1 Corinthians 7, 13 to 16. If a woman has a husband who does not believe, is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, 
and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children will be unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. But God has called us to peace. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or do you know, or husband, whether you will save your wife? Now, it is so simple, it is not complicated because Paul's teaching here is twofold. First, a believing spouse is called to remain in marriage to an unbeliever. Sanctified means set apart or holy. By staying married, the believing spouse can have a spiritual influence on the unbelieving spouse who is set apart due to constant exposure to the believing spouse's faith. This can help open the door for the unbelieving spouse to come to faith as well. Now understand logically, we understand that one of the best way for unbelievers to come to salvation is through the relationship with believers. An unbeliever could have no more intimate relationship with a believer than true marriage. I say it to you once again, if you are in this category or if you are in the shoe of what I'm trying to explain to you, divorce is not the way. I've had countless of testimony about an unbelieving man and a believing wife, a matured spiritual believing wife that stood her ground regardless of what their husband was doing. <clears throat> but that came a day, their husband broke down and then gave his life to Christ. Unfortunately, these days, any small thing from the unbelieving husband or unbelieving wife, everybody say they are checking out. That is not the way. Understand, likewise, the children in that, you know, in that family are far more likely to be exposed to godly living when the believing spouse remains in the home. Meaning, if the believing wife because it can be the man, can be the woman, stays in that home. Our influence or his influence can, you know, can be, can, can be spread, can influence also the children and create a Christian environment. The alternative breaks up the home, possibly leaving the, ch- the children in the custody of the unbelieving parents. Don't forget in 1 Corinthians 7, 13 to 16, this issue is directly, primarily at the believing wife. Perhaps because at the, at the, at the time Apostle Paul was writing, husband had so legal possession of any children born without a marriage. A believing wife who abandoned the marriage will also be abandoning her children to the custody and the sole influence of an unbelieving husband. I have seen it happen times with that number. I have experienced it how homes 
you know, this, the, the selfish interest of the husband or the wife, and then they abandon their children in the hands of an unbelieving spouse without you know, counting the consequence, those damning the consequences is only me. A believing wife who abandons, I'm saying it again, the marriage will also be abandoning her children to the custody. Now, it can be a believing wife, it can be a believing husband to the custody of an unbelieving husband or wife. As Paul concluded, a believer staying in the marriage may provide just the influence necessary to bring an unbelieving spouse or a child to faith. It is not guaranteed though. For Paul wrote, how do you know? Pointing out that this is a possibility and not a promise. Now I'm saying this just for us to understand all that marriage is complicated but by the help of the Holy Spirit it could be uncomplicated. Meaning there are things that um, how will I put it? Marriage is diversified. Problems in marriage are so diversified, many. And it is by the help of the Holy Spirit that you can be able to sort out these things. And that's why you cannot see same marriage, as in the way this marriage is working is how this marriage is working. Or what works for this marriage is what will work for this, the other marriage. No, it doesn't work like that. Because you marry the godly man doesn't mean the man will be godly. Because you marry the godly woman, the godly wife or godly man and he's doing this way doesn't mean your husband or your wife will do that way also in your marriage. He's so different. Even though the basic, which is the word of God, is what should help you in your marriage. Don't forget, which I will still continue again next week. How to win your husband without a word to avoid being a nagging wife. First Peter 3, 1 to 2. I want to encourage you today that by depend you as a woman learn to depend on God. I can assure you that are listening to me today there is no marriage that is without tears there is no marriage that is without problem there is no marriage that is without challenges i can speak that of a truth to you by my experience by the teachings by the training i have gotten any marriage that you still you see that is still holding on to today is because they are holding on to the altar of God. Their dependence is not on man. Their dependence is on God by the help of the Holy Spirit. So don't look at that marriage and feel that they don't have problem. They have, but they are dependent on God. So whatever you are going through in your marriage, your dependence should be on God, solely on God, because He Singularly is the only one that can help you. Now I have spoken concerning how to avoid being a nagging woman, how to how, how to win your husband back. 
It can be the wife. You as a man, how to win your wife back. But trust me, God is interested in your marriage. I don't know who I am speaking to. God is surely interested in your marriage. Please join me again next week as I continue on this series. And if you are listening to this, I want to encourage you to help us to share to somebody. I always tell people there's a lot of people there who are ignorant, ignorant, ignorant about these things that we are sharing that needs to hear, hear this and be encouraged by it. There are books that I'm, I'm sure you are seeing on the screen also that you need to get. And we made it easy for people so you don't need to carry it. It's called audiobook that you need to hear and listen to that will change your marriage, that will change your perception about who God is, that will change your perception about you know, what you need for your marriage. Marriage on uh, there are books, audio books on marriage, audio books for young people, audio books for you know, people in general. Uh, there's a number on the screen that you can call, can chat us with, and God will bless you in Jesus' name. Till next week, shalom.